Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 39. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday. Steelers Nation got a great show for you guys today. Steelers football on the horizon. They're back after their bye week, taking on the LA Rams this Sunday at 4.05 Eastern Time. That game out in Los Angeles, so can't wait for that one. Can't wait to see how this team looks after their bye week. Dave, how you doing? Happy Friday. I got to watch a little bit of football uh, last night with that Saints-Jaguars game. That ended up being pretty entertaining. Uh, going to be an interesting Friday past us doing this podcast because I think we're all going to be in tune of watching what happens with the injury report. And obviously, looks uh, it's going to be interesting to maybe watch some of this uh, toothpaste get put back put back in the in the tube uh so to speak but uh ho- hopefully have an exciting show for everybody today with a uh uh a rams beat rider on today and and get every help or at least try to help to to, to get everybody ready for this uh game on sunday out in la and that rams beat writer is going to be Stu jackson who writes for the team website you can follow him on twitter at Stu j rams we'll talk to him in just a little bit get his perspective on how things are going out there out west but dave let's start with the pittsburgh steelers and as you mentioned the injury report and the, the wednesday report was good news across the board basically everybody besides nick herbig was full they were healthy good times were rolling the good times slowed down a bit on thursday with two Notable names on the injury report, that is T.J. Watt, who did not practice with a heel injury, and Pat Frymuth, who was full on Wednesday, limited on Thursday with the hamstring. Uh, He's been battling that kept him out of the Week 5 game that he injured in Week 4 against the Houston Texans. So the sense that I've gathered so far, and again, it's just my outside perspective trying to read the tea leaves, is that Watt doesn't seem serious. Frymuth, though, when you go from to limited you're working backwards coming off that soft tissue injury that hamstring injury that's a cause for concern yeah uh it is and i'm not worried we'll obviously see what happens i've said that before i'm not worried (laughs) about so-and-so famous last words yeah but uh what what he's probably going to speak to the media i think later today anyway but uh probably take wild horses to drag him away from not playing uh in this game and obviously we don't know the uh the exact nature of the heel injury with him but uh Fryermuth is the one really that you uh that that you hate to hear about and especially like as you said with a soft tissue hamstring injury for him to you know it was all gung ho uh uh b- before yesterday it sounded like and then he goes limited today i think uh, uh Ray Fittipato Paulo was on the uh, uh, 93.7 yesterday afternoon is kind of concerned about him uh, being ready as well, too. And even if he is ready, there's probably going to be uh, some level of concern about is he going to be able to make it through the game. So, yeah, not great when it comes to him. And look, uh, this is again, we, we kind of wrote earlier in the week, maybe a little bit too early at this point, thinking that they're going to get uh, 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 Fryermuth back. This is a Rams team that's 
given up uh, quite a few catches in yards and touchdowns to tight ends uh, right. so so far this season here. And to not have your lead dog in Pat Firemuth, uh, you know, this team what combined has what thirteen or sixteen catches for their for their tight ends on the season. Talking about the Steelers, Four, fourteen, and, I believe. Right, and yeah. you know, you're not going to have your you potentially not going to have your lead dog in 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 Firemuth there. Uh, that's not a great development, I guess, is where I'm going on this. And we'll obviously see how Friday plays out. But I, I won't be surprised if a if, if Frymoose either listed as questionable or even out uh, when it comes to that. Now, uh, I think a byproduct of that is you know, probably Rodney Williams dresses and and, uh, you know, maybe you can. I mean, even so, how much are you going to get him involved in this thing overall? But uh not a great development. No, it's not. And I know by the time some people listen to this, the Friday report will be out and it's probably there will be more clarification to some degree, probably on Pat Frymuth. So we're, we're recording this here uh, Friday morning. It's also important because the Rams, their top linebacker, Ernest Jones, may not play in this game. So if he was out, Frymuth would have had even a, a better, more advantageous matchup potentially. So again, we'll just wait and see on him, on what. Should also note uh, rookie linebacker Nick Herbig has been limited the past two days with a quad injury. Don't know his status for Friday, obviously, but we'll, we'll check on that. So um, could be some more reps for Marcus Golden in this game. Yeah, uh, potentially so. And when you look at what, what's going on with the Rams uh, uh, injury report, and, and obviously they've got a cornerback coming off of a, uh, you know, a, a legal situation as well. Right. Darion Kendrick, their starting corner, was arrested shortly after their week six win over Arizona on a felony gun charge. He did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Rams head coach Sean McVay's been, you know, pretty respectful of the situation in terms of not providing many details right now. But, you know, it, it does not look like from my standpoint that Kendrick's going to go in this one. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. And uh, that would be obviously a, a, a pretty significant blow for them. Yeah, it would be. And then again, their top linebacker, Ernest Jones, he was did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday with a knee injury. So Friday, I think it's going to be a pretty important day for him. But for Pittsburgh, uh, there is still good news overall. Many guys expected to return. Presley Harvin, Deontay Johnson, Anthony McFarland. Now Johnson and Ant Mac are on IR, so they'll have to get activated and actually put on the 53-man roster. That will come on Saturday. Uh, James Daniels should get the starter right guard after missing the past two games. And Dan Moore Jr. has practiced in full uh, all week long, fully expected to play. And I think at this point, Dave, he's going to be the starter in this game. And Broderick Jones will go back to the bench. And before we address that, uh, and I I think we hit on this the other day, the Rams top two running backs, Kyron Williams and uh, uh, Rivers uh, is the other one. Uh, They're they're not going to have those guys. So they're going to uh, have a makeshift backfield, uh, if if you will, overall on on their side of defense. Yeah, it's going to be the rookie Zach Evans and uh, veteran Royce Freeman, Miles Gaskin, potentially even Daryl Henderson got put on the practice squad. He'd have to be elevated. My guess is that Evans will do some more rundown type stuff. I think Gaskin's pretty solid as a pass protector, third down type of guy, and Freeman might be a combination of both. So I think regardless of who the actual starter is, you're going to see probably a pretty heavy rotation and committee out of the backfield. I think uh, you would be correct there. All right, Dan Moore Jr. I know on Wednesday we were kind of talking. Okay, he was, you know, he got some work in on Monday. Not quite sure what's going to happen. Still nothing been made official by the team. Tomlin Tuesday, you know, was kind of kicking that can down the road. But 
based on all reports and what those guys have said, Dan Moore is going to start on Sunday. I forgot to go back and scrub out my prediction from uh, from, <laughs> from from, uh, from the last podcast. Uh, I I'm disappointed uh, with with how it, it sounds like this is playing out, and I think the general consensus now is that Dan Moore uh, will start. And if there's any positive, I guess to that, it would be that you know the the Rams edge production hasn't been really great overall. Now they do have Byron Young, I think leads that team on defensive side. A rookie, Byron Young, uh, leads them in sacks uh, with, with, with I think, three overall. But I think just their general edge production uh, overall hasn't been great. But here's my uh, rebuttal back to that. Byron Young played at Tennessee. And look, he, I, I enjoyed... Remember our conversation trying to figure out the two Byron, mm-hmm. the Alabama <laughs> and the Tennessee one. Uh, Byron Young, well, obviously Byron, this Byron Young was was the edge, and you know there were there was some impressive stuff on his tape and all like that. But once again, this is a rookie uh, Byron Young uh, edge rusher, and not that you can put a, a ton of stock in it. Uh, but Tennessee played Georgia last year, Alex and. Mm. There was a some kid played at left tackle for uh, for 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 Georgia last year. I think his name was Broderick Jones, and they did move. I went back and 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 thumbed through that TV copy of that tape real quick. And uh, Byron Young didn't play one hundred percent of the snaps, and then you know he did flip from side to side. But I thought Broderick Jones handled him very well when lined up against him. And for either you you know. Uh, I know people say, don't, don't quote PFF and all like that, whatever. If you want to stop listening because we, we, we quote PFF grades, so be it, whatnot. But, uh, Byron Young had his worst overall defensive grade of last season, uh, against Georgia, uh, last year. Now that obviously wasn't caused just by Broderick Jones. I guess what I'm getting at here is if you can't let your rookie <laughs> go against a, their rookie, uh, and I think pretty much Byron Jones has been lining up on their right, right? I believe so, yes. Uh, I think he does f- switch sides and all like that. But, you know, long story short, if if you can't let Broderick Jones, especially the game that he's coming off of against the Rams and then the bye week and all like that, if you can't, you know, is this just a Mike Tomlin? I'm going to give Dan Moore one last uh, uh length of rope here and yeah i'm I'm, you know i'm not going to bench him because he got injured is this is this what this boils down to or do they honestly believe and once again like we said the other day uh, we don't know what happens behind the closed doors if maybe he's not uh, broderick's not picking up some things that he should be picking up or what but to me it just it, it it feels like the wrong decision i get that um you had said well, let me let me answer it this way. I, I don't think it really matters who they were playing this week in terms of the calculation of who would start. If anything, okay. and, and Chris Hope spoke about this, that whenever he played for Tomlin at the end of Hope's career, that Tomlin would always say that he doesn't generally believe in guys losing their job due to injury. That is certainly debatable, but that seems to be the reason why this team did not have seemingly any intention of benching Jones or uh, benching more, excuse me, before he got hurt. And so he's healthy 
He's going to be back in the lineup. Um, so that seems to be where it's coming from more than the opponent or anything okay. like that. You said you were disappointed by the decision, but are you surprised by the decision? I am a little bit too, because I also helped Joe Clark pull the history of first round draft picks with the Steelers going all the way back through Tomlin's era through, through 2007. And, you know, early on in the Tomlin re- regime, you, you had, uh, uh, you know, obviously a lot of defensive players, I think drafted overall within, when the, within those first several, several years there, you know, technically non-injury related missing games. I think you have to go all the way back to what Cameron Hayward, right? Uh, for, for assuming Broderick Jones doesn't play hardly any, any snaps this week, uh, you you have to go back to I think Cameron Hayward to the last time that a a, a a first round draft pick through the first six games of any season, you know this this is a few snaps for for a first round draft pick. So you know what does that say? Especially when you're talking about the guy that he's competing against. Sure, I mean it's a little bit different because obviously it's more black and white. Either you start and you play, or you don't. It's not like a linebacker that rotates in, or a receiver that rotates in, or a safety or something like that, where there's a sub package component to it. I, I would, I personally, I want this team to start Broderick Jones. This felt like the great opportunity. You know, again, you, you feel bad for more getting hurt, but Jones had played well. This was the chance to really just you know turn that page and turn things over to, to Broderick Jones. I think Pittsburgh's calculation is that, yes, Moore struggled early in the season before getting hurt, and yes, the PFF grade is really bad. Not that Pittsburgh cares about that, but you also understand he faced some really, really tough you know, top-end pass rushers. Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, saw more Max Crosby in Week 3 than what you typically see because they moved him around more than they usually do. So I think Pittsburgh's calculation is that, yes, Moore didn't play well in those games, but he's also facing some some of the best pass rushers in football. Okay. But the the tape is the tape. Sure, I understand. I wonder if the calculation is on a more minor point, and I've I've harped on this a, a lot, maybe too much. But the backup right tackle situation, it feels like they want Jones to be more. They're more comfortable with Jones being the backup right tackle than they are with Dan Moore being the backup right tackle. Because whenever a core four was out with uh, in concussion protocol, it was Jones getting all those right tackle reps and more talking about how Jones is more athletic, more comfortable at right tackle. I wonder if that's playing a small component in this as well. Yeah. My goal is to win the game. <laughs> sure. I'm not defending it. I just wonder, I think it's primary. I think that's not the primary reason why this is happening. I think it's, it's for the other reasons that I, that I cited, but I just wonder if that's a, a small element of things as well. I mean, going, coming, coming out of, uh, or coming into this week, I mean, are, you asked me if I'm surprised. I, I am a little bit surprised. Uh, are you Are you surprised? If Not really. Is, no, just seeing how this team operates. And based on Monday, where it kind of felt like if Jones was going to be the guy, he would have been getting a lot more reps than he appeared to be getting. All right. Well, it, it certainly seems, I mean, that nothing we say, or it, obviously we do, you know, we, we analyze and we, we, we put our opinions out there and all like that. And, uh, I mean, how good a game does Dan Moore have? What's 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 going to be the conversation next week? Just it depends how Sunday goes, I guess. If Moore plays well, then that talk probably goes away, just because this, this, the decision's been made and there's not much else to really add to it. If he struggles, then we're going to have that front and center, I'm sure. 
I mean, uh, and look, based on the uh, talking about the edge rushers and all that, uh, look, Aaron Donald is your main concern, <laughs> really up up front uh, when it when it comes to that Rams defense. I, I guess what I'm getting at is is man, uh, Dan Moore better grade out is uh, have his best game of the year against yeah. against the guys he's going against. Right. There's no excuse you're facing a, a rookie or, you know, they don't have, like you said, they don't have any Mike, really top Mike, end Mike, edge guys. Yeah. Michael Hoke. I mean, he, he's, he's okay, but I mean, does he, you know, he, a lot of people don't even know who he is. Yeah. Interesting guy. Uh, Michael Hoyt, uh, like they're kind of the DeMarvin Leal in the sense that this guy lines up all over the place and walks around a lot, not as athletic as Leal, but he's an interesting guy, but he's not Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa right. or anything even, even close. So more needs to play well. There, there's no getting around that. All right, so if Moore plays well, does he stay the starter? Yes. Okay. What would be the rationale? I mean, from, from Pittsburgh's standpoint, I'm not advocating that for it necessarily, but I'm just saying, like, if they're starting him now and he plays well, then, of course, they're going to continue to start him. What would have to happen for, for Dan Moore to get the hook <laughs> in, in this game? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't think he would get benched in the middle of the game unless it was just such a disaster. But if he did not play well, then that conversation will open up for – week eight against who was at Jacksonville. All right. I guess this is a long way of saying my, my, uh, my, uh, my guess the other day was, uh, wrong. There you go. Now I think, again, I think Jones should be the starter. I'm not defending the decision that the team has appeared to have made, but I'm, I'm less surprised by it overall. All right. Well, I hope it works out for them. They need it to, uh, this, uh, this week for sure, because if, if they don't, and if more has another one of those kind of just average or, uh, uh, games overall and gives up, you know, several pressures and God forbid a sack or two or whatnot, then this is going to look really, really bad. It will. It does sound like, and we'll see for sure Sunday, but it does sound like Joey Porter jr. Will at least play more than he was the first month of the season. So there's any, any consolation to the rookies not playing, it seems that Porter will get more playing time. Yeah, but we shouldn't be celebrating just half end of this, you know. Uh, I know, just a little, a little I, uh, I don't sugar. Look, I, I hope I hope Dan Moore plays his ass off, you know, and, and obviously has a great game, you know. Uh, but uh, it's 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 curious decision, in in my opinion. Understood. All right, let's go now to the coordinators. It was Terrell Austin, Matt Canada speaking yesterday. Uh, less to talk about there. Coming off the bye, there isn't a game to react to. Um, just more optimism offensively about getting Deontay Johnson back. And at the time, thought you know Pat Framuth had a good chance to play. Again, we'll, we'll check his status on the final injury report today. But Canada hoping that you know at least Johnson's return, the element of some speed and some playmaking can open up this offense. Yeah, well, like like we said in the previous, you know, get, getting Deontay back on the field just in and of itself should have some byproduct uh, related to it. Hopefully, uh, the, uh, uh, George Pickens, you know, a little bit less uh, bracket on, on, on you know, uh, overall. You know, look, he is your Deontay is your best route runner. Now use him as if he is that uh, overall. But uh, and we'll get into some of this breakdown in a little bit. I do kind of wonder though the way the 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 uh, the Rams have have kind of played defensively this year. If we're uh, still not looking at a lot of curls, a lot of comebacks, a lot of out routes, because to me, I think you're going to have to get the ball out of Kenny Pickett's hands quick in this game and. 
your 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 deep shots are probably going to have to be calculated. And when those deep shots come, they're probably going to be outside uh, outside the numbers on top of it. So I I just worry overall. I'm not worried about Deontay. Uh, in, in a nutshell, obviously, I, I'm worried about Deontay uh, within his control and what he's asked to do. They absolutely have got to take advantage of that route running, uh, that 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 good route running of his, and get the ball to him out in space because we've got to be able to see uh, this team throw short, run long. Sure, and I know that Deontay can get open one v one, but can they? You know, I, I don't want to talk about this too much but watching this Rams offense the way they scheme guys open the way they use motion to get guys open the way they move cup around I mean just the way that they're able to create offensively you hope Pittsburgh can can do some of those things now that they're at at least fuller strength right like we talked about uh, the other day I, I fully expect these guys to move around quite a bit talking about uh, not so much Allen Robinson obviously but uh, when 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 Calvin Austin's out there uh, I think you now have if those three are on the field together, I think you have the opportunity to to move those guys around. Sure. And just some more mixing and matching because you got, you know, four guys in Johnson, Pickens, Robinson, Austin, different skill sets, different ways that they win. Hopefully you can mix and match and rotate that effectively. I think with Austin, you can probably do some extra things with him and potential receiver run game, screen game, a little bit of close to the gadget type stuff that you probably weren't doing as much before because with Johnson out, Austin was kind of more of a true and blue wide receiver. All right, let's get to this motion stuff and the Miami Dolphins and can, uh, Canada's response to all that because that seems to really only be the uh, the only other really main talking point, I think, to come out of uh, what Canada had to say. Sure. Well, essentially... Canada was asked about, you know, the Dolphins have this success, the way that they use motion. Can you, something to the effect of, can you incorporate some of that stuff? Or what do you look at in terms of when you try to, to look at that stuff and do you borrow it or not? And, you know, Canada gave the answer that, you know, you can't just look at what another team is doing and automatically take that and uh, assimilate that into your game plan and expect it to work just the same. You know, there's pros and cons and you got to look at your personnel and your scheme and that type of stuff. So, I mean, the answer was, you know, to me, relatively generic, but there's an interesting conversation to be had about, you know, being able to look at other teams, what they do well, and and how do you try to incorporate some of those ideas into your playbook? Especially the cheat motion. That's the new buzz. We have a new buzz phrase of the week, uh, 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 cheat motion, and uh, briefly describe what that is and how that could potentially play into what the Steelers uh, we've seen them obviously uh, work a little bit more on this on this motion. You talked about the Zorro toss uh, this past week and wrote up about that and all. But uh, uh, explain the cheat, why it's called cheat, and how that can be implemented at least a little on Sunday against the Rams. Yeah, I don't know if that's officially what Miami calls it, but that's kind of what the NFL is terming it as. At least I think Kyle Shanahan did. And and the cheat motion is is often with Tyreek Hill. Just, you know, you think about motion as a guy coming across the formation or some real long either jog or even fast motion from one side of the field to the other. What Miami's doing is they're kind of doing this shorter motion where it's, you know, running across half the field or just a couple steps in advance. Um, I thought our Matthew Marksy in our group chat made a good point. Remember those old two-point plays they would do with A.B. where he would kind of line up behind the formation and then sprint out into the flat to try to get him open? It's similar to that, not 100% the same, but just basically this kind of short quarter, half-field motion horizontally with a guy like Tyreek Hill to 
you know, really stress defenders um, leverage and can they run with that guy and ways just to get uh, Hill the ball pretty quickly and on the move and utilize his speed. Uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, people reference this back. It's the closest thing legally that you can. And, and the reason really kind of, kind, kind of why I think Shanahan calls it cheat is because it's the closest thing that you can get to CFL uh, type motion without without a guy running running forward. And, you know, the, the way this is emphasized, as you said, with guys like Tyreek Hill uh, that are able to not only uh, uh, get up to speed quickly, but run routes coming out of the end of that that cheat motion that really stresses uh, defense there. Now, Tyree Kill is obviously top top of the uh, list when you talk about uh, players that, that you can probably do that with. But, I mean, if you look at – I know you saw it on the Rams tape, right, with 2-2. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they uh, use a ton of that with that. Uh, with, with 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 that, well, uh, to some degree, maybe a little bit, even with 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 a couple of the other guys. I think you saw some of that that motion there. Uh, it it really stresses the defense and the fact that uh, I got I got to be wary of this guy getting up to speed coming out of this motion quickly and out into one of six different routes. Really, I mean, you mm-hmm. see different 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 routes run run off top of that. You know, um, I'll circle this back to the Steelers. Why can't you do that a couple of times with a guy like Calvin Austin, uh, the third? Sure. Nothing says you can't. I don't think it's something where schematically or, you know, conceptually you're unable to do it. Now you have, you have to work on plays that are built in off of that. So if you're kind of adding stuff on the fly, you want to rep that, make sure guys are comfortable. And there's probably some unintended consequence to that, that I'm not thinking about in terms of your formations and how it affects other guys, that type of stuff. But no, nothing says that you are incapable of doing that. That's kind of a small wrinkle. It's not a wholesale change that would be required to your offense. Read off Matt Canada's response to that question. Sure. Uh, uh, let's read, see. read the question and then read off his response, please. I don't have the exact question in front of me verbatim, but uh, I if think you do, I have it here. Okay. I have the, the response. If uh, you want to go to the question first. Was there something? Let's see. No, what? Uh, I'm I'm having a trouble finding it. Let, let me read the answer, and if you can get to the question, okay. then we'll kind of uh, Tarantino this thing and work backwards from it. Um, was asked about Miami, just generally speaking. Uh, quote, they're doing great. Hats off to them with what they're doing, and I don't think you can just jump in and see something and put it in. I think that's not something that you can do, but obviously guys are looking at copying certain things that they're, that they're doing. I went on to later say uh, it's all just kind of what you want to do and how you want to do it and doing enough to help your guys make plays, but not doing too much to where they're not in their comfort area and can't play as fast and as loose as they need to play. And so, again, that's, you know, when you add something in, does it work? Do your players work uh, with it well? Does it work into your your scheme well overall? So it's a, it's a more general answer of just, you know, walking that line between adding plays and new concepts versus is there an un- unintended consequence to it? Right. And I, I think the key thing there to maybe focus on is uh, without doing too much where they're not in their comfort area and can't play as fast, as loose as they need to play. I mean, that is kind of generic. Here's the question for that answer. Uh, you obviously did a lot with at snap motion, including the time you were here at Pitt uh, with what Miami is doing with Tyree Kill now. Seems like it's something different. Almost 60% of the time talking about 
uh, uh, Miami and, and kind of their use of motions overall, I guess. Uh, it, is it just as easy to say, hey, why doesn't everyone do that? Is it specific to their personnel? And what, what are the challenges of trying to implement that amount of motion? So that was uh, uh, the kind of question. Look, I, as far as uh, copying what, what you see, to, to some degree, I, you know, I call BS on that because look, it was even, even a couple of weeks ago, right. That we saw the Detroit lions uh, do, do something kind of on, on, on a, on a, on a not necessarily a gadget, well, it's a, a gadget, I guess, of some degree. And then later that evening, we saw the 49ers pulled out, out and run the same damn thing. All right, Dave, sorry to interrupt that uh, thought. We'll talk about Canada here in a moment, but some breaking news, uh, just bouncing off our conversation we had just moments ago, that according to NFL Network's Tom Pellicero, Steelers tight end Pat Frymuth is expected to miss the Rams game. He has re-aggravated that hamstring injury, and he could miss additional time. Uh, Pellicero saying, quote, and likely will be sidelined longer after aggravating his hamstring in practice Thursday. Frymuth had an MRI this morning, and now his return to action is on hold. So can safely assume he'll miss the Rams game, and now you're just hoping he doesn't miss multiple games, and that is just unfortunate news for a Seagulls team that felt truly and sincerely excited about getting him back and having this offense at basically full capacity for this game. Now, not the case. Not great, Bob. Uh Man, they needed this guy to have a good season too. <laughs> you, you, you know it. Uh, not having your 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 number one tight end in here, a guy coming off of back to back sixty something uh, yard seasons and or sixty catch seasons, and yeah, just, this is this is just unfortunately it it like we said at the top of the show it. it trending that way and now you just keep your fingers crossed it's how many weeks is this going to be until he gets right right so he's not going to 60 catches this season i'll tell you that much right yeah. now unfortunately for him and he wanted a big year for himself talking possible contract extension the way the tight end market's heated up but obviously first he was offense that needs as many weapons as possible yes fire moves seem underutilized even you know before he got hurt but now we don't know when he's going to be back and so Darnell washington will continue to get a lot of the reps, uh, Rodney Williams spot should be safe. Then he should definitely dress now on Sunday. Connor Hayward will get mixed in, but the tight end position has not been productive this year. Nope, not at all. All right, Dave, to go back to the candidate discussion, uh, I was reading off the quote that he had about um, the motion. Did you find the original question about? Yeah, what exactly yeah, I, was I, I gave you the quote. I mean, what, what, what's okay. your And we talked about how uh, uh, I, I left it off to you about, you know, how the 49ers, uh, took that play that the Lions had during the game. Uh, to some degree, you can copy on a on a week to week or even a day to day basis. Uh, is Canada just trying to say that he don't want to put doesn't want to put too much on these guys' plates? And and if so, why? My interpretation was just more of a catch all answer. Uh, you can't always just copy and paste what the uh, another team is doing. You know, you borrow things. And listen, Pittsburgh does that. They borrow. We've talked about that many times over the years. They've taken ideas and concepts and, you know, they've done that this year with the Zorro toss and this kind of four by one flare out, you know, plays that, that's become really popular in the NFL. And so there's always elements as this team and others have taken, um, but you can't you know take a whole game plan and just apply it to, to your current team and current situation. No, I'm not talking a whole game plan. I want to see some cheap motion out of Calvin Austin the third on, on Sunday. 
Sure. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. And you know, you bet, be- without Fryermuth now, you damn sure better be thinking about something like that, ways to get the ball in 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 in, in Austin's hands. Right. There, I think are more opportunities to do that with uh, a fuller deck at wide receiver. So is that cheat motion? Is that something else? There's a, a variety of ways mm-hmm. and, and things, and it depends on how well you practice it and if guys are comfortable with it. But again, there's there's nothing that says they can't or shouldn't or are unable to put in this cheat motion. All right. Um, what did you think about Canada's comments kind of downplaying the meeting that he had with Najee Harris? Harris seemed to talk that up pretty good whenever he spoke to the media on, I think that was Wednesday, you know, that he and Mason Cole watched film. They went to Canada, went to the coaching staff. They were going to put some of those ideas in. Canada said, yeah, this stuff happens all the time. It happened last year. Really didn't seem to make much out of it. I would like to think that that stuff happens on a week-to-week basis. I'm sure it does. It, it probably just a bit more so with a bit more focus and time when you have a bye week. Sure. So I don't know. I, I, I wish Canada would have been a little bit more responsive and at least, you know, shared the enthusiasm that Harris seemed to than kind of downplaying it. But right. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it, I suppose. All right. The time's ticking on him anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair point as well. All right. Terrell Austin, not a whole lot new there. He echoed Mike Tomlin's thoughts, not worried about Minka Fitzpatrick's lack of splash play, says they'll come, cited the law of averages that eventually it's all going to gonna work out. Um, talked about trying to juggle his role and how it's a bit different this year. Tackling must be better. He's talked about that. Grady Brown, the DB coach, has spoken about that. And then on Joey Porter Jr., just kind of the more of the same. Yeah, he's getting better. Um, we'll just see what Sunday holds in terms of his role. We need them law of averages to kick in this week with Minka. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, uh, big time because they're uh, uh, even without the Rams having you know their their, their, their top couple of running backs there. Uh, they sure are blocking things up, especially in this coming out of that second half of that game uh, uh, against the Cardinals this this past week there. Uh, and man, Cup just looks absolutely. And, and Cup spoke to the Rams media uh, late yes yesterday afternoon. What a, what a bright guy that is! And uh, uh, Puka is having obviously a great year. They they found ways to get Tutu uh, involved in this thing. Uh, we'll get into more of this on a breakdown there, boy. They'd like to use that that tight end of the. They like to use those uh, wide receivers coming across as kind of inserts. Uh, in 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 the slot in the run game and boy they love running some split zone with that tight end coming across yeah or the receiver puka nakua has been part of that and the issue with split zone is with when you do it with a tight end the way the pittsburgh does that guy's always why off and so his alignment always always tells you he's almost 100 percent of the time going to pull across um either on play action but but it could be you know actual split zone um, and so what teams have done and the Rams are part of that group is they're using receivers to do that with some more motion that kind of hides that a bit better pre-snap. So little things like that, that try to give you an edge in the run game. Right. They use a lot of motion. They use a lot of 11 personnel. Yep, absolutely. Uh, anything else in Austin that he said that, that caught your attention, Dave? No, just would like to see the lot. Once again, the law of averages kick they, they, uh, they, they need uh, big games out of uh, their. It feels like they're going to need a, more splash in this game. Yeah, but also probably just. Are you saying for Pittsburgh's offense, defense, the, or just across the board? Well, I'm not expecting a lot out of offense, <laughs> splash wise. Uh, they're they're going to need their defense to make a couple more plays. Yeah. That's what happened in 2019 when they won. That's how they won that entire season. But uh, also in that Rams game with uh, that that Minka scoop and score there. So. 
I think it's a good time, Dave, to take a pause. We'll come back with our beat writer of the week. That man this week is Stu Jackson, who writes for the uh, LA Rams team website. You can follow him on Twitter at Stu J Rams. We'll take a pause and come back with Stu. Okay, welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. It is Friday, and you know what that means. We have uh, an opposing beat writer or a member from the team's uh, website who the Pittsburgh Steelers will face this week. Obviously, on Sunday, the Steelers will play the Los Angeles Rams out west in California. And thankfully, we are joined by Stu Jackson. Stu is the senior staff writer for the Rams official website at therams.com. You can follow Stu on the Twitter machine or the X machine, whatever we're calling it nowadays, at Stu, S-T-U-J Rams. So with that, I think a first timer on top of there, Stu, welcome to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you and Alex as well, Dave. Appreciate you both for having me on. Uh, We appreciate having you on and taking time out on this busy Friday. Uh, Stu, big game obviously coming up. The Rams hosting the uh, Steelers out west there. Uh, Things overall when the Rams and the Steelers get together haven't gone very well for the uh, Rams, but this is obviously a different Rams team uh, this year. And boy, when you look at uh, kind of, I think, at least outsider uh, people that don't cover the team, uh, on a day-to-day basis, uh, my thoughts on the Rams coming into this season were kind of, eh, kind of, kind of mad what I've expected. But man, you get into here we are, week seven, and and their first six games, and I know they've dropped a few here along the way. But this uh, this is an impressive Rams team. Uh, what is your thoughts, kind of thirty thousand view on maybe expectations to where this team is now entering week seven? Yeah, I think entering week seven, this is a team that very much has has playoff aspirations. Not that that you know wasn't always uh, the expectation or the the goal internally or externally, but it's a it's a team that is very much at least wanting to secure you know a wild card berth. I mean, obviously, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Like you mentioned, we're only in week seven, but um, you know the defense is playing better than I think most people expected, even with the amount of turnover on the roster. Offensively, uh, you know, the emergence of Puka Nakua really helped when Cooper Cup was out for a while with a hamstring injury. And so um, between those developments and, and some other ones, you know, they, they find themselves as a, a team that's that's very much, uh, you know, in the playoff picture, however much of one there can be approaching the midway point of the season. Obviously, a couple of storylines when it comes to the Rams this week is they're going to be without their top couple of running backs in Kyron Williams, who really, man, the second half of that game against uh, against the Cardinals. I mean, just the Rams running game in general uh, seemed to get on track overall, but they're not going to have their top two in Ronnie Rivers and, and, and Kyron Williams. Uh, going to have, I think, uh, Royce Freeman and Zach Evans and, you know, Miles Gaskin and even maybe an old friend in, in, uh, in, in, in Henderson, we'll see what happens uh, with, with a roster adjustment uh, come this weekend here. Uh, that's going to be a little bit of a storyline. How how much do you think uh, the shakeup uh, with the running backs is going to matter? And then on top of it, I know you probably can't talk too in-depth about it, but Darion Kendrick has the legal situation 
uh, going on uh, with him following an incident following the game uh, last weekend there. It doesn't sound like, of course, you could be wrong on this. Doesn't sound like maybe they're going to have him this week, but what's, what's going to be the uh, impact? Do you think they'll have him and what's going to be the impact of, of that? So running backs and, and, and cornerback here, if you will. Sure. I'll, I'll start with running back. So obviously that's, that's a, a big deal for the Rams offense because especially with some of the things they've been doing from a gap scheme standpoint in the run game, at least from what I see and watch, it feels like Kyron has been an awesome fit for that. Uh, just his vision too, and the way he's able to make jump cuts and make something even when nothing is there and, and when a play seemingly breaks down. You know, he had 154 of his 158 rushing yards last week in the second half alone. And so, you know, he, his emergence is, is, has been big, not only for the run game, but the offense as well. And Ronnie Rivers has has really shown some flashes too, even when he's been in there a handful of times to spell Kyron. And so now you've got Zach Evans, Royce Freeman, and Miles Gaskin on the active roster. And then, like you mentioned, Daryl Henderson Jr. on the practice squad, which again, we'll see whether he ends up getting elevated or not. But, um, you know, Sean McVay said this week that all four of those guys are possibilities. And so you basically go from having Kyron and, and Ronnie as your top two to now a potentially four-man rotation where it's it's not exactly clear who's going to handle the lead duties or the bulk of the carries. And so uh, it's 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 going to – or it's created a, a different wrinkle than I think, you know, maybe they anticipated or expected coming into this week as far as game planning for that Steelers defense. And then as far as Darion Kendrick goes uh, – you know, Rams are still in the process of, of gathering information for that. And uh, Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, said the other day that, you know, ultimately it will be head coach Sean McVay's decision as to uh, whether Kendrick plays on Sunday. And uh, obviously a decision hasn't been made there. So um, that's kind of where things stand with him. Do, do you have a sense which way that might go? Or is it just 50-50? Yeah, I, I, I truly have, uh, you know, no sense of, of which way it goes, honestly. Okay. If if Kendrick does not play, though, who's going to fill that spot? I'm not sure who that next man up is going to be for them at, at outside corner. Yeah, it, it could be it could be Trey Tomlinson. I mean, he had a the, he's the cornerback out of TCU who had a really great camp and and preseason, but, um, you know, was getting a lot of those opportunities because of in most cases because of injuries during camp. And so, um, you know, he might be a possibility, you know, Duke Shelley, who's a a veteran could, could also get a look there. Um, I mean, there's, there's also a chance, you know, uh, you know, Raheem Morris mentioned the other day that, you know, they could, you know, also potentially, you know, move players around and, and, you know, rearrange the secondary to make up for that. Should he not play, but, um, you know, all of those things, I guess, are kind of on, on the table. Should it come to that? Gotcha. I want to go back to the offense and, and Puka Nakua, who you mentioned earlier. I know that role has been somewhat reduced now that Cup's been back the last two games, but what what made Nakua so effective? This kid's rookie out of BYU. Not many people knew about him, just balling the first month of the season. What about his game and fit in this offense made him so uh, successful? Well, I think it starts with something that quarterback Matthew Stafford said earlier this season where whether he's lined up and facing man coverage, you know, one-on-one matchups like that, or even just facing, you know, zone coverage, you know, he's winning his matchups one-on-one and he's been able to find voids in the zone really well. And when you combine those two things, that obviously makes it easy for a quarterback to look your way and, 
he also had the benefit of being a, a really conscientious worker. One of the things we kept hearing throughout the offseason was just how great he was at translating information from meetings to the practice field. And so when you can pick up the playbook that quickly, and again, you have the the toughness and the aggressive hands and all those kinds of attributes he has, uh, it makes it pretty easy, especially when there's a huge opportunity, like I mentioned earlier, when somebody like a Cooper Cup is out for a little bit with a hamstring injury, it makes it easy for a quarterback to be able to, to trust you and know that you're getting to the right spots and you're going to be where he expects you to be when that ball gets thrown. Yeah, it's been a, a great start for him. Moving on now to that Rams offensive line. And Stu, I have to ask you about Kevin Dotson. I got to ask, can we have him back, please? Pittsburgh could, <laughs> could use him right now. Assuming that's not on the table, uh, Dotson obviously seemed to be playing very well for the Rams. What has allowed him to just so quickly assimilate into the system and play so well? Yeah, that's a great question, Alex. I think the... It seems like, again, like I mentioned about the kind of the, the gap scheme, the downhill nature of those blocks and, and the aggressiveness that comes with that style of a run game. I think that's partially suited him and, and his play strengths and the way he, he likes to play. And I think also, too, it's helped that he's gotten an opportunity because of Joe Nopum, the Rams regular starting right guard, uh, being hurt. Um, obviously, when he first got here, that trade was so close to the beginning of the season that they had to bring him along slowly, but, Mm -hmm. you know, his teammates were really, uh, you know, complimentary of of him. And as far as just the work he was doing behind the scenes and, and he, and he indicated that it wasn't too big of a transition. There were just some little things from a communication standpoint that he had to really learn and pick up on. But once he got the hang of that, it was an otherwise seamless transition for him. And so, um, again, I don't know if it's anything beyond just the, the scheme and those things, but, um, you know, those things, especially when when you have that and when that allows someone to get comfortable, I think that's what's really made the biggest difference and allowed him to kind of like you mentioned, just step in and and be able to perform the way he has. It certainly looks like he and I'll piggyback off of that a little bit. It looks like he's thinking less and look, I mean, most you know, his his almost in well, his entire college career at Louisiana Lafayette, he played at right guard there and the Steeders you know, initially had him a little bit at right guard and then moved him over to the left side. And look, it was, it, it wasn't a surprise. I don't think the Steeler fans that, that, that Dotson ended up not being in their plans, uh, come the start of the season here. Uh, it, it, has he been asked point blank? Well, I mean, I mean, he looks good on tape, uh, Stu, he, he, he really does. Has he been asked point blank? Why, why it looks like he's playing, you know, the reason behind why it looks like he's assimilated so easily and and, and is putting uh, good things on tape. You know, he he hasn't to my knowledge, but I would, again, just kind of go back to what I would say with uh, or what I told Alex and that, like, I think it's just a combination of really, like I said, he seemed like it was e- pretty easy for him to grasp the playbook and there was really only one, one or two things. Again, this is something he said specifically when he did a uh, – media availability a few weeks ago. Um, you know, it was really only a couple of things that he he had to uh, get down for him to, you know, feel really comfortable. And it sounded like he, it was pretty easy to pick up pretty much everything else when it came to the playbook and, and the scheme. And so, um, again, I don't know how much carryover there is as far as like what the, what the Steelers are running offensively, or at least maybe from a run game standpoint to what the Rams are doing, but, um, and if that had a factor or not, but, Again, I think it just goes back to the fact that he only really had 
to get down like the way that the you know calls are communicated as far as his responsibilities at right guard for him to really you know get to the point where he was really comfortable and and felt good about where he was at as far as being able to play and get in there. I'm not so sure. Nope. Nope. Boom's going to get his job. Nope. Nope. Boom's going to get his job back here. And Steve Avilia seems to be uh, simulating really well uh, as well at the other guard position here. Uh, when it comes to Matthew Stafford, I-, I would view his play through the first six games as probably being underrated uh, overall. Would you agree with that? And when it comes to when Matthew Stafford, uh, how the Steelers is the key thing for the Steelers defensively is to get Matthew Stafford to try to hold on to the football. Yeah, I would say, uh, to, you know, to your part of the question about, you know, Stafford being un- underrated, I think there were probably lower expectations externally just because of the injuries he went through last year. And again, when you, you know, have changes to the the offensive line and you don't know how that's going to look, you know, all those things can factor into how a quarterback is, view- is viewed. And so, um, you know, I, I could understand that. But again, from the as far as the quarterback that I watched and saw during training camp and whatnot, like he was, he, he looked exactly like the Matthew Stafford. And I think a lot of people are seeing the Matthew Stafford that everybody saw in his first season with the Rams back in 2021. And, you know, if it, as far as holding on, making him hold on to the ball, I mean, I, I think with any quarterback, if, if they hold on to the ball too long, it's, uh, it, it's going to, you know, make life difficult for them, but he's done a really great job of getting the ball out quickly you know, when, when there is pressure in his face, um, you know, there are there, when he does hold on to the ball too long, I mean, he, he does, he does take a sack at times, but, you know, for the most part, he's been protected very well. And he's been able, like I said, to kind of get the ball out quickly and make throws at every level of the field and, and done a really great job so far. Stu, tell me about this Rams defense. We know Aaron Donald. It kind of feels like the rest of the group, to their credit, I think they've, they've played well, but it has a, a major league, the movie kind of feel. Like, a, who are these guys kind of feel? But these guys are playing well and getting better. Christian Roseboom and Russ Yeast and Michael Hoyt seems really interesting. He's from Brown. He was a calculus tutor. Now he's playing linebacker for, for the Rams. Uh, who are some non-Donald names to watch for defensively for Los Angeles? I think you got to go with Byron Young, the rookie outside linebacker out of out of Tennessee. I th- you know, his speed was the thing that was his most impressive trait. And when you look at what he's what he's brought, not only with that, but how he's starting to figure things out from a pass rush standpoint, as far as not just winning with that attribute, um, you know, he's been a, a really pleasant surprise. I would say, uh, you know, not that. You know, uh, you I mean, there are third round picks who can come in and make an immediate impact. Obviously, that's not unheard of. But um, he he's probably other than Aaron Donald, one of the one of the biggest names to know. Uh, just again, with that, with the pressure he's brought, he's he's led the Rams. There's some stat from FL's next gen stats that says he's led the Rams in pressures in five of their first six games. So hmm. um, he's he's done a really awesome job from that standpoint. And the other guy I would spotlight too is Akella Witherspoon, which I'm sure Steelers fans are obviously uh, really familiar with from his time mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. But you know, he was somebody that they signed in late June. You know, nobody was really sure, you know, what what kind of an impact you know he would have. But you know, the Rams were looking for length on defense. They, they didn't really have much of that, especially after um, or in the secondary, I should say. And they didn't really have much of it after trading Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins this spring. And so. Um, not only has he brought that as far as, you know, something they were looking for, but he's also been just a really great calming and stabilizing veteran presence for a, a young secondary that again um, was, 
hit hardest by some of that roster turnover earlier this year and um, has, has really, I think, exceeded expectations, not only for, you know, what the Rams wanted from him this year, but I think even from what Rams fans were expecting when he got brought in. Sure. When he's on, he's a, a really good corner whenever he's at his best. A, a quick follow-up on Hoyt. What, what do we even call Michael Hoyt? He's kind of played outside linebacker, off-ball, D-tackle. He's listed at 310. I don't know if that's his weight, but but what do they do with Michael Hoyt? Yeah, so I, I can understand why it might be you know, kind of confusing with him because he did originally begin his career as an interior defensive lineman, mm-hmm. but because of the attrition, Tavares injuries and, and you know, roster transactions uh, last year, at outside linebackers specifically, they ended up having to move him there. And so um, he's been starting opposite Byron Young at that other edge spot. And so, um, you know, he's a, he's a, he's an athlete, a dynamic athlete. And I think that's part of the reason why they decided to try him out there, because if they're, if they are going to ask him at times to drop back into coverage and things like that, he's, he's got the, at least the athleticism to be able to do it. And so um, he does have a very interesting background and, um, you know, that, that pairing has been um, really fascinating to watch. Like I said, him going, him rushing alongside Byron Young and really just him um, playing that position. Right. Um, you know, clearly with whatever they saw from him, you know, in that small sample size from something like early to mid November through the rest of the season, they felt comfortable, you know, keeping him there and making that more than just a, a short term experiment. So uh, he's done, he's done a solid job there, I think. My last question for you, Stu, then I'll let Dave finish things out. Kind of more of a big, bigger picture question. The Rams always seem to have that young up and coming coach McVay when he was hired was, of course, one of those guys, Thomas Brown. He's now the play caller in Carolina. Is there anybody on staff right now that is kind of that up and comer offensive mind that the NFL might get to know pretty soon because Pittsburgh might be in the market for a a coach uh, this offseason, an offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know that there's anybody on on staff that's maybe, um, you know, gotten the the attention as far as like, you know, like a Kevin O'Connell or a Matt Lafleur in the past, or you know, a Shane Waldron and things like that. But, um, you know, obviously whatever they're doing over here and and you know the the offense that they're running that's you know resonating with a lot of people as as you've seen with kind of the way that you know the, that coaching tree not only with McVay but you know, obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan as well, how that's, you know, kind of spread throughout the league. And so um, no names at the off the top of my head, but, you know, who knows, maybe maybe by the end of the year, you know, we'll be, you know, the, that'll be a different story. I do know that, um, you know, Zach Robinson, the quarterback's coach and pass game coordinator has has done a great job of working, you know, with Stafford and all the Rams quarterbacks and, you know, somebody that, you know, McVay has always spoken highly of. Looks like the Rams defensively, Stu, are not giving up. Uh, I think uh, uh, Joshua Dobbs got him a few times uh, down the field, past 15 yards more in between the numbers. But I think overall, if you look at uh, the totality through six games, they're not giving up a lot of uh, uh, deeper passes down the field between the numbers. Uh, Are you seeing the same thing there and kind of parlaying that into, you know, uh, the, the Steelers need to get that running game going, and specifically if the Rams are going to do those, you know, four or five down uh, fronts and kind of those lighter boxes. What is the best way for the Steelers to attack? To, to me, I think you got to go after Witherspoon and find out who he is and who he isn't, whether it be in the run game or in the passing game down the field outside the numbers. But uh, what would what's the best way for the Steelers' offense to kind of 
try to make hay uh, against this Rams defense. Yeah, I, th- I think the Rams defense has done a really good job this year of, of limiting explosive plays, especially through the pass passing game. Um, if and so if you're able if you're able to hit on those like that, I I would see that as one way. And um, you know, there have also been times too, and I mentioned this on uh, you know our um, between the horns podcast earlier this week that they've you know had some difficulty covering over the middle, and so um, you know, especially if you know, there are guys, there are guys, um, receivers with, you know, yards, af- ability, the ability to gain yards after the catch, uh, you know, that, that's something that, um, is, is, is a, uh, what do I put it? It would, it's, uh, it, it can be a problem at times, but, um, but they, but usually that, but they've still done a mostly a good job of, uh, of containing it. But obviously that, that's something that, uh, that comes to mind, especially if, uh, Deontay Johnson, is activated off of IR and ends up returning this weekend. Can they run to the edges against his defense, do you think, the Steelers? Or should they try? Should that be a focus? Yeah, I mean there there have been times where um, uh, you know, on the edge they the the Rams have, you know, been maybe a little too aggressive and you know and maybe moved too quickly and, and lost contained. So um, I'm sure that's a possibility if if they if they catch them in those moments where you know again especially with guys who are you know even though Hoyt's been playing for a while but you know still uh, you know inexperienced as far as playing playing edge in the NFL um, you know I'm, I, it might it might be a possibility we'll see. Uh, I know you probably can't give a you know working for the Rams website and all probably going to shy away from a score prediction in this one. So uh, uh, feel free to throw one out there. But uh, if not, uh, tell tell the tell our listeners what they can find from you and the rest of the staff over at uh, therams.com. Yeah, so it's uh, just what you'd usually expect: just day to day coverage of the team, um, podcasts, video highlights, and all that good stuff. Um, that's where all of my articles are under the news section there. So uh, if there's anything that Steelers fans are curious about from a Rams perspective that they want to read on before Sunday's game, you can find it there. All right. Uh, and and if, if Sean McVay's wife goes into labor right before kickoff, is Sean, is he staying? Is that the, is that the report that he gave out? Yeah, he, he said he's not uh, going to miss a game. Like he okay. said, him and him and his wife have, have a plan and, and all that good stuff. And so, yeah, he it was. Uh, he said it was kind of blown out of proportion, and so, yeah, no, he'll he'll be there. Gotcha, Stu. We certainly do appreciate your time, and uh, don't be surprised if some of our listeners jump on Twitter slash X and, uh, and 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 hope. Thank you for your time there. Uh, first time I think on the terrible podcast, you did a great job, and enjoy the rest of the weekend. And uh, as always, thanks for uh, joining Alex and myself on the terrible podcast. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Dave. You and Alex, too. Appreciate you guys having me on. And welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. And again, our special thanks to Stu Jackson for coming on the show here. Again, follow him on Twitter at Stu J. Rams, and we thank him for his time. Absolutely. Glad to have uh, another beat writer on helping us uh, get ready, especially one from uh, the team's website as well, too. And if you're a longtime listener, of, if you're a longtime listener of the show, uh, please reach out to these guys on Twitter and, and let them know their time uh, was, is appreciated and just obviously thankful once again. 
Oh, one of the Rams things uh, that we should maybe talk about because it's it's a little bit of a story is Aaron Donald saying that he has no intentions, no plans, never really given any thought to finishing his career with the Steelers. To be fair, what was he going to say? Yes, since he's wearing <laughs> a, a Rams shirt. So th- there's some of that at play, but that's kind of been rumored occasionally over the years. But it seems like there's no intention for the hometown kid to finish his NFL career in his hometown. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I, I want to say Father Time's ticking on him, but look look at the tape. <laughs> Father Time's still got a couple of a couple of steps to uh, to make up with it. How old is uh, Aaron Donald now? Thirty two, I want to say. He's rumored to contemplate or to have been contemplating retirement. I think he's pushed back on some of that. Some I just look at the man, watch him at the podium, and this dude just looks like he's twenty five. I mean, his his muscles have muscles. And he was another one that spoke to the Rams media yesterday. Just, just an um, um, impressive dude. Just uh, uh, like, like, like Cooper Cup. Just a good salt of the earth uh, dude. It was enjoyable listening. And he was asked a lot of questions about Pittsburgh and 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 the Steelers and all like that. Still Rams. I mean, still a, a Pittsburgh fan at heart, except uh, uh, when they have to play him. And and obviously, I, what he's zero and two, I think, for his career against the Steelers. So uh, he's he's looking for his first win against the Steelers on on Sunday in L.A. And what could be his last game against the Steelers, mm-hmm. considering how infrequently these two teams play each other. So uh, he's looking for that. Yeah, he's not going to go easy on Pittsburgh this week. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much. All right, no. Dave, how about you and I preview this Rams game? Uh, St. Louis, or excuse me, St. Louis. Sorry, I, I slipped up there. Los Angeles, three and three, uh, coming off a win over the Arizona Cardinals, getting Cooper Cup back the last two weeks. Let's start with their offense. I, I thought really impressive schematically. The running game is going to be an issue for them, losing their top two guys in, in Williams and Rivers. But uh, what they do with Cup and with Nakua and Atwell, really solid top three guys. Stafford, maybe not playing his best football overall, but still can make some high level plays. This past game is something to certainly uh, be concerned about. I thought I thought he really played well. You know, uh, th- th- this last game, I think top to bottom, he's played well overall. I think uh, in general, uh, he gets the ball out fairly quick. He knows where he wants to go with the football, uh, where he does get in trouble, where the Steelers need to uh, uh, slow this offense is obviously on early. Get him holding the football. Uh, that's that should be key. Get him in as many situations as possible where he has to hold on to that football more than, you know, 2.7, 2.8 seconds. That 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 that's probably going to lend yourself to the best chance of getting after him. Obviously, not not at his age, not that very mobile and all like that. So I, you know, I I think you can maybe give up some contain options if it if it means potentially uh, getting ho- uh, getting home to him in some certain situations here. Uh, schematically, as we mentioned, man. A, a lot of 11 personnel. I don't see where that changes, even with the uh, uh, running backs and all like that. You know, th- them not having the full stable of running backs. No, I think what you see is what you get there. Uh, very impressed with how a lot of their stuff, uh, for the most part, looks to be looks to be set up pre-snap the same. Yeah, I mean, they are a, a base 11 personnel team, 90 90- percent plus of the time that's been their personality for years they don't run a lot of 12 they don't run they don't have a fullback i mean they are 11 personnel especially with cup out there as you said that that's almost certainly not going to change and so they have to kind of you know change up their their motions a bit and kind of work out of that same personnel grouping so i think some of that fast motion they do not even always the cheat motion but you know stuff where they're gonna have a guy uh 
motion the bunch right before the snap and how do you defend bunch? I think some of the, the motion is not just to get guys in space, but to maybe confuse and hopefully create some miscommunication defensively. Okay. It's three by one kind of normal. Now all of a sudden it's bunch right before the snap. How do you handle that distribution of routes? And that stuff can really can play well at well had a touchdown where they motioned him in to bunch and he ran a speed out to the front pylon and caught a touchdown that way. So again, a lot of elements to, to that. Um, but cup, you know, he's always the, the primary read in the progression. They're going to move him around number three, number two, backside number one, take some vertical shots, got a long ball at the end of the half against Arizona that way. So you got to first identify Cup and, and handle all that and work from there. Yeah, they do a good job just in general moving all their guys around in different spots. And that you're going to, you're setting yourself up if you're not communicating well on a defensive side to have a bust. Yeah, uh, for sure. So Pittsburgh has to communicate well in this game. The second. What about that? What better. about that? Uh, uh, did you did you come across that deep uh, kind of uh, out route to uh, to Cup? Uh, 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 and boy, Stafford's letting that thing loose right when when uh, Cup is sitting uh, to come out come out of his break. There, I mean that that guy. They can stretch the field in all areas, the middle and uh, mm-hmm. outside, in some of those hole shots, uh, uh, if if you will. Yeah, I mean they got three. They have as good of a probably top three receiver group as almost anyone in football, maybe right behind the Bengals, but but not significantly so because Cup can win every level. The Kua's played. Cool. What a what a job, what a gem he's been. And then Atwell is kind of a, you know, he's not necessarily been used vertically a ton, but he's got speed and he's explosive. And again, that motion can, can be a headache. So there's a lot of different types of receivers to deal with there. They love uh any kind any and all types of inside zone runs, it looks like as well, too. And uh I think Kevin Dotson looked phenomenal in that game against the Cardinals. I think top to bottom, uh, he has played well. Uh, who's who is their normal starter? I don't think their normal starter is going to get that job back. Uh, yeah, Joseph Noteboom. Jo- Joe Noteboom, uh, at least the way uh, Kevin Dotson's been playing uh, as of late. They'll uh, once again uh, with with the one tight end on the field, they'll run a lot of split inside zone and and just inside zone in general. Now, one one thing I think that sticks out with with, with Kyron Williams is he was hitting it fast. Uh, he was not afraid to bounce. He, he was reading. He was pressing the uh, the the back heels of his offensive line well, especially in the second half of that game against the Rams, and and was bouncing properly and and making guys miss. And boy, they will they they're not afraid to go empty on offense. They're not afraid to put Stafford up under center on offense. Uh, they're not afraid to take a. Uh, we'll see how much that changes with the running backs to 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 lining their uh, putting their running backs out wide. Just a great overall schematic uh, use of personnel on offense. And right now, I think their offensive line is playing really well, top to bottom, and uh, 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 they're 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 utilizing all three. I think all three of their tight ends, right? Because uh, uh, Davis Allen. Uh, got quite a few snaps in that Cardinals game as, as a blocker. Yeah, I, I mean, again, they're eleven personnel base. So I think they kind of rotate those guys. Higby's their their primary, but they got a lot of weapons overall. Um, I think the big concern with them, obviously, is that that run game. Can they sustain what they've been able to do with Williams? And they got to have this collection of backs that don't jump off the page at you. A six round rookie in Evans and a, a veteran in Freeman and Gaskin has never been a great runner. I think he's going to do more in the pass game and, and third down stuff in this game. So, you know, in theory, if Pittsburgh can play better run defense, take that away, that's going to put additional pressure on, on Stafford and that offensive line. 
look, last time they played Cup, they uh, they shut him down. They're not going to shut him down in this game. But can you, you know, he, he's the guy, I mean, pick your poison here, right? Because Puka's having a good year at will. They've been very creative with with with, with him in the passing game. But, uh, you know, who's the main, especially with their running backs, you know, it goes without saying you want to shut down a run game. Yeah. Uh, but you, you just can't let Cooper Cup go off on you. How do you defend him, though? It's going to be bracket coverage. I assume Minka's going to have a, a role in that. Is that going to limit some of his potential playmaking ability? Um you can't have cup one V one. I think right. Peterson's going to see a lot of him inside, but you're still going to need to give additional help. I think so as well, too. I think you got to force the ball to go to guys like Puka and, 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 and at in the passing game. Sure. But the, I mean, those guys are talented, but obviously cup has to be the number one you know, guy on the agenda. How good was their receiver group in 19? I know that's thinking way back, but did they had, I don't, they didn't have this kind of talent back then. Right. In terms of secondary pass game options, I don't know. Your memory gets away from you uh, a little right. bit, but uh, looking back at the I mean, it was a different quarterback, yeah, you had golf. Obviously, man, Todd Gurley was still uh, in, in 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 a Rams uniform in that game. Uh, what Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods, and Cup. Yeah, I would say this group is better. Woods was good back then, and Reynolds could stretch the field a little bit, but I think this group is better. They got more speed. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you just got to keep everything in front of you as best as you can. And, you know, they uh, uh, Austin talk. You got you know, we got to see a strong tackling uh, effort in this game. You got to get Matthew Stafford in those situations in, 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 in third down and second along situations where hopefully you can get him to hold on to the football. If they stay on schedule with their running game with these with these collection of, of running backs, it's going to make for a long, long day because you, you get into those situations much like Houston got into where you know, you're, you're really guessing defensively on, on second and even third down uh, uh, situations. That's, that's where the Steelers defense could, could, could potentially get in trouble here. And Stafford has been sacked a lot this season, seven times his last two games. So I think maybe more of the left side is where that's going to come from. Although obviously you have TJ Watt, but that right side of the line is strong with the Rams, with Dotson at right guard. I think Rob Havenstein at right tackle is one of the more underrated tackles in football. So that's going to be a big time matchup. A couple with, of Wisconsin guys. Wisconsin and, uh, guys. Yeah. And I, I previewed that ahead of the season. This is probably about the only thing, the only one, <laughs> the only, uh, once again, we talked not too long ago about, uh, Man, you know, b- before the season, I looked ahead at the the uh, the uh, the right tackles that uh, T.J. Watt was going to face. Not many of those in that uh, uh, preview have wound up uh, facing uh, T.J. Watt, but but this time you will. You get a couple. Of, so look, and these guys have uh, obviously, I think, faced uh, you know each other at least one other time, right? In 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 in. in 2019 uh but they they should know each other uh fairly i i think top to bottom though i think their offensive line especially in the second half of that game uh against uh the the cardinals they they've 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 got some cohesion there especially Mm -hmm. in pass protection and you got uh this is going to be a lot of larry ogan joby on uh on dotson i would assume yeah, that's a great point. That's going to be some some good battles there, and maybe some on their center, Brian Allen, who's a, who's a smart guy. I think it's a bit undersized, but you know he's been what they need him to be this year. So I think also the left side, who's their left tackle? I forget his, how to pronounce his name. Uh, Alaric, uh, Alaric, 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 yeah, yeah. Jackson. So Highsmith's got to 
got to make some plays there. Just by the way, looking at this 2019 game, uh, the notable, we'll call them skill players for Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, Jalen Samuels had the uh, most yards for Pittsburgh on the ground. Tony Brooks, James played Trey Edmonds, got four carries. Uh, Nick Vanette had a catch. James Washington was the leading receiver. So uh, it was a, it was a who's who in that 2019 game, Dave. Yep. Yep. Uh, Chris Myers called that game as well, too. If I remember for Fox, I remember that because he's, I think he's a Rams fan and it felt very slanted mm. in the, in, 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 in the call of that game, but splash plays ended up being the difference in that one for the Steelers defense. Yep. That's for sure. I think uh, the Minka scoop and score had a big one to do, to do with that in that 17 to 12 Pittsburgh victory. All right. Flipping over to the Rams defense here, Dave, I think it's a really, first of all, it's kind of a, who are these guys type of defense in terms of the names and names that aren't super recognizable outside of obviously Aaron Donald, but this unit has not been bad. I think overall they've, they've held their own. I think they have. And uh, overall, I think I watched quite a bit of the defensive reels on them it, uh, up front. Uh, it doesn't seem like they, they do a lot of uh, slants and twists and all like that. It's pretty much just pin your beer, ears back in and, 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 and try to get after it. Is that, is that kind of what your takeaway was when looking at them? They don't do a ton of that um, in run situations, but I thought they too got more than I would expect when you have an Aaron Donald. These guys actually are kind of more traditional, you know, hold the point of attack and stack and shed, but they do it effectively. I think those guys too get pretty well. Yeah, I just as far as their actual pass rush goes, I didn't see a lot of twists and stunts and and thing. Now they will blitz a little bit with a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Out of empty, especially. I mean, Donald's moving around more than what I think he's moved around in the past. I mean, he's he's playing off ball in some snaps. It's kind of this Miles Garrett thing. It's kind of becoming in vogue with some of these pass rushers to kind of hide where they're coming from. So I think they are doing some creative stuff with Donald, but it's not as aggressive as, you know, some teams in football. Uh, looking at overall, they, they usually roll out a light box for the most part. Uh, uh, as far as percentage wise, overall, they run pass coverage uh, more zone than they do man. Uh, they're about some close to being equal on whether or not middle of field closed or middle of field open. Uh, they rush a four man rush 70% of the time and they blitz just 20% of the time. Yeah. Which tracks is they're you know, generally a four down front. And so those teams tend to blitz less because they pay those, those four guys to, to get home. I think starting with their run game, really just kind of what they do conceptually is a lot of five down fronts with too high. And so when you play too high, it's typically harder to, to fit the run. And so they, they, uh, make up with that, uh, make up for that, I should say, with a five down front. And Pittsburgh's had trouble running against those five down looks this year, the Browns game, 49ers game, I believe. And so the Rams try to get the best of both worlds by playing that five two look to stop the run, but also play too high to, to stop the, the deep ball. They, the Steers better figure out that this would be a great week to figure out the run game again. Yeah, but they're going to have to solve this five down front stuff because they have not shown they can do it this year. The Raiders, I think, did more of it in this in, in that uh, week three game. So Pittsburgh's going to have to have a good game plan because they're going to see that quite a bit. I want to I want to find out how, just how how good a player Akella Witherspoon is in that defense this this week. Yeah, he's had from, a good from, year from, from from all aspects. I want him to have to come up and 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 have edge. Uh, run responsibilities and and make some tackles uh, that way, and then in coverage too. Uh, you know, he he him and whoever plays opposite him, uh, there there are going to be uh, 
there needs to be obviously calculated uh, times in this game where you test those cornerbacks down the field. Right, especially with we assume Kendrick will not play in this game, so they're going to have. I think their backup. I don't know exactly who they're going to go with, but one of their guys is pretty tiny on the outside. So if you get him on George Pickens, there's a, a clear matchup to take advantage of. Witherspoon, he's is played that well. Be Kobe Durant, uh, well, I, or Duke uh, Shelley, Trey Tomlinson. I think oh. McVeigh had mentioned, but it might, it might be one of those other guys. I don't know exactly what their their plan B Kobe, is. Kobe, Kobe normally I think plays in a nickel though, doesn't he? I believe so. Yeah, so. Well, we'll see who their outside base corners are. Witherspoon will be one. Who's going to be opposite? That I'm a little unclear of. Okay. Well, I want to um, find out just how – I want to come out of this game uh, having uh, put put Akella Witherspoon to, to more of a test and and even in, in run stuff and all. I, I really think they need to attack this more to the edges a little bit more in this game in the run game if they can. Sure. And I think the Rams have had some communication busts. Even Witherspoon could have given up a long touchdown because there was one play against either Philadelphia or Arizona where he thought he was going to get safety help and didn't, and the quarterback just missed, and, and they kind of got bailed out there. Should fans be upset that Witherspoon was let go? I really don't think. I think it's all just hindsight. He was did not play well in Pittsburgh. He's been an inconsistent guy his whole career. He's, he's been up, but he's going to be down probably sometime soon. Ask me after this game. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I wasn't heartbroken when it happened, to be honest with you. Yeah, not a single fan was. And so I know he's playing well right now for them, but this has been his career. He's had good years. He's had bad years. He had a great end of 2021 in Pittsburgh, had a terrible 2022 in Pittsburgh. His whole career has been just one big roller coaster. Right, right. I want to find out what kind of player he is this week. Yeah. Uh, anything else here to note? Again, the linebacker situation, their top tackler, Ernest Jones, don't quite know his status with a knee injury. It just got some, it's a, it's an interesting group like Christian Roseboom and Rush Yeast. It's going to be some guys you're probably looking up mid game going, who are these people? But again, this unit has, uh, has held their own Michael Hoyt. Another one that's, uh, again, it's going to stand up. He's going to walk out. He's going to blitz. I mean, he's kind of a, a chess piece for that defense. I tell you how many, uh, other than last week, Joshua Dobbs, a couple of times, uh, how many times has this, has this Rams defense given up stuff kind of between the numbers, uh, more than 15 yards down the field. It's, it's not a lot of it. I don't know the numbers on it for sure, but yeah, I mean, they, they generally keep a lid on things overall. So I think they're pretty, again, so they had some communication issues, uh, but overall they're a pretty disciplined type group. I put the passing charts, uh, opposing quarterbacks passing charts together of all six that they've played. Got it up on my Twitter uh, account if people want to look at it and just uh, uh, look. If you, it, it really feels like if the Steelers are going to push the football down the field uh, from a passing game standpoint, it's going to be outside the numbers. Yeah, especially, especially not having a guy like Fryermuth now and mm-hmm. and 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 all like that. And getting Deontay back, that's going to really play into your hands of playing on the outside more of course got to mention Aaron Donald how do you account for him Mason Cole I know he moves around but I imagine they're seeing how much Cole has struggled and saying we got to get some chances on to get Donald against Mason Cole yeah and how's James Daniel going to hold up coming off of the groin you know mm-hmm. I know in Pittsburgh system typically the center is working more 1v1 and the guards tend to help the tackles may want to adjust that game plan this week the end the edge guys are not you know scary for the Rams uh Donald is very scary so the way they protect and, and create their protections are going to be important in this game. Don't fall behind to this team and uh, let yeah. Donald just uh, <laughs> <laughs> be Aaron Donald. Be, be, be get after you because he, he he's a game wrecker, obviously, and this thing could turn into a uh, an Aaron Donald game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other final thoughts here? I think we kind of laid out the Rams right. uh, pretty well. So 
All right, Dave, um, we'll uh, we'll get to our week seven picks here in a moment. But before we do that, let's hear from our friends over at my bookie. That's right, Alex. Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and place another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Join us at MyBookie for an entire season filled with daily odds boost, same-game parlays, and huge prize pool contests. Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. To get that, use promo code TERRIBLE, that's promo code TERRIBLE, on your first deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's promo code TERRIBLE to claim your own cash bonus now. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie, and you get there by going to mybookie.ag. All right, Dave, and we are both 1-0 on the week here with uh, the Jags in a crazy fashion, but still pulling out the victory over the Saints last night. I'm pretty sure. I don't, don't know what my record was last week. I don't know if I got a game right last week. I was really bad, I'm pretty sure. So I'm hoping I think for you a... got more than that right. But... Yeah, all right. It felt it felt bad, but I don't remember for sure. But uh, hopefully uh, decent for, uh, for week seven here. All right. Hopefully we can uh, help the folks out a little bit better with our picks this week. We'll start with the Cleveland Browns on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Browns road favorites by three points in this one. Deshaun Watson is back. Nice of him to play for the Browns, getting all that money to, uh, to sit around lately. Um, I'll go with the Browns. I think that Browns defense is just too strong. Yeah. I, you know, who, 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 you know, obviously they uh, upset the 49ers last week. Uh, defense too strong. Give me the Browns lay the three points on the road. Detroit Lions on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens laying three at home against the Lions who are playing well this year. Yeah, I'm going to roll with uh, MCDC. I'm going to go with Detroit. I'll go with the Ravens to cover that three points at home. The Washington Commanders at the New York football giants the commanders road favorites by three points in this one not one i'll be watching i'll go with the commanders i'll go with the commanders lay those three points as well too the giants like the steelers having problems scoring uh raiders on the road against the bears uh raiders laying two and a half on the road it's uh tyson how do you say his last name that Bajet, I'm probably the Shepherd Kid versus Aiden O'Connell. Not one I'll be watching <laughs> either. Oh, there are some bad games this week, Dave. I'll go with the Raiders. Yeah, I'll go with the Raiders as well. Lay that two and a half points. Buffalo Bills on the road against the New England Patriots. So oh, Bills road favorites, eight and a half. Mm. When was the last time that happened against uh, Bill Belichick, coached uh, team there versus Buffalo. But yeah, I, I, I try to stick with the Pats and try to say this will be the week they finally get a win. They keep letting me down. I got to go Buffalo. I got to take an underdog to cover at some point here, I think. Uh, give me New England to lose this game, but I'll take the eight and a half points. Maybe this ends up being a touchdown game on this one. Falcons on the road against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers playing some pretty decent ball uh, uh, here. Uh uh, Buccaneers at home laying two and a half points against the Falcons. Yeah, both teams have been solid overall. Tampa Bay cannot get that run game going. You mm. think it's bad in Pittsburgh? It's really bad down there in Tampa. I'll say the Falcons, stronger run game. Drake London getting involved. Ritter playing better. Give me Atlanta. 
I'll take Atlanta uh, plus the two and a half. I think Atlanta wins this one outright. Uh, Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks seven and a half point favorites at home against Arizona. Uh, this one's tough. That's a pretty big line. I mean, the Cardinals have been scrappy and hung around. I'll say Seahawks win, but Cardinals cover. I'll take the Seahawks cover in that seven and a half. They'll win by about nine points, I think, in this one. Green Bay on the road against the Denver Broncos. Packers road favorites by one point. Yeah, another another barn burner of a game here. I'll lean Green Bay. I'll take the Broncos to upset the Packers, so I'll take that point there. Los Angeles Chargers on the road against the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs at home favored by five and a half. Yeah, give me Kansas City, Dave. I think the Chiefs win this, but I think it's a field goal game. Give me the Chargers plus the five and a half points. Boy, you ready for some points? Miami Dolphins on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Uh, Eagles at home, two and a half point favorites. Be a great game, definitely game of the week material. Yeah, this one's really tough. That that Eagles secondary just took some hits though with, with all the injuries they've suffered. I think the Eagles are going to try to ball control this one to keep the score down. I'm going to go Miami though, just because that Eagles secondary's got some injuries to it. I'll take Miami in the upset. I'll take those two and a half points along with you there. The 49ers on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. 49ers coming off their first loss, uh, favored by six and a half on the road against Minnesota. Ah, man, Minnesota, that run game just equally as bad as Pittsburgh. The 49ers have some injuries. Debo, McCaffrey, Trent Williams don't know their statuses for sure as of right now. I still got to go San Francisco, though. Minnesota's just too one-dimensional. I got to go San Francisco on a bounce back as well, too. I'm glad it's just six and a half there. I, I think they cover that. Uh, that circles us back to Sunday. The Steelers at the Rams. Alex, right now, this one is the Rams has pretty much been locked in at three all week here. Rams favored by three at home against the Steelers. Yeah, I, I really kind of sat on the fence all week, Dave. Not sure what direction I was going to go even watching the tape. Usually I kind of get a better feel for if I'm picking the opponent or not. This one, though, can Pittsburgh run the ball against that five-down front that they've struggled against so much? It's either going to have success and get in the second level or it's really going to get bottled up. And can the secondary cover those top three weapons? I know the Rams are going to struggle to run the ball, but the, the pass game options are enough for them. Pittsburgh on the road, the history there that you've talked about. This this one I don't feel, you know, super confident in, but I'm going with the Rams 23 to 17. I have this written down as 23 16 uh with, Rams? with the Rams. Yep. With the Rams as well, too. Uh 23 16. I just uh this offense has got to show me something. And and look, I, I think the Rams offense uh looks uh impressive overall on tape. The Steelers not going to have Firemouth. Uh they, I'm gonna have to see those bye week adjustments, Alex, uh on, on both sides of the football. I just think the Rams are a better coach team. I like their personnel uh top to bottom. I just I think they're the better team, and I gotta see the Steelers either keep the score down uh uh to win this or bust out on offense and I, I'm not convinced either of those things will happen. So 23, 16 for me. Rams. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I think it'll be close. I just, you know, can Pittsburgh run the ball? That's going to be the whole defining nature of their offense. I mean, I'm excited that Deontay's back and that's going to help. And with Kendrick's status very much up in the air, that's an advantage, but 
I think I'm with you, Dave. They got to prove it to me in this one. Right. Uh, same, same, same. All right. Uh, should we try to knock out a few emails here? Yeah, let's get to a couple of reader emails and close out today's show. All right, let's start. Uh, Bryce, uh, ready to get back to Sunday football. Some thoughts. Mark my words. Fans better uh, get ready because there's definitely a path where the Steelers get things servable, serviceable on offense after the buy. And Mike Tomlin signs up for more Matt Cannon in 2024. Better get ready for that reality. If we even getting close into me and Alex thinking that uh, uh, Matt Canada will be in line to be the uh, offensive coordinator in 2024, they better get busy. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Same. Uh, uh, I, I from where I sit right now, I don't see it. Number two, do you see the world? Do you see a world where the Steelers start using Fryermuth more in the slot and 21 personnel? Seems to me that he could eat into Robinson's snaps. Uh, while allowing Jalen Warren and McFarland to bring more explosiveness speed to the offense, your thoughts? My thoughts are: you probably wrote this before. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, the Pat Firemuth uh, uh, news broke this morning. Uh, my concern right now is when are they going to get Pat Firemuth back and resubmit this question after that happens? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a well-intended question, but has quickly become moot, unfortunately. Hasm writes in, hi, Dave and Alex. Last year when we played Cincinnati, the second time Pickens ran a beautiful sluggo route that broke uh, through, through I believe, for uh, against cover two. Pickett, however, missed him badly in the end zone. The play design was great. Have you seen those types of sluggo routes in your film study for the first five games? If not, uh, why do you think they aren't scheming sluggo routes uh, this year? I haven't seen a lot of sluggo. I can only remember one. I forget when it was run against Baltimore or Houston. It was relatively recently, but it was against zone coverage. And so it was completely ineffective. They didn't get the look that they wanted. They run some double moves with Calvin. Uh, you know, Deontay's typically a better double move type of guy. And so he's been unavailable. But what game was it that they, was it the, the Browns game? I thought, I thought for sure they were going to run a sluggo because they were running slants. The Browns were aggressive. They were jumping on him, got a pick off of one, never ran the sluggo. So. I can only remember one. There's probably been a couple more, but it has not been utilized too often this year. I'd like to see Akello have to face that a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and again, Deontay back. Maybe you can you, you can definitely do more creative stuff route tree-wise when you have a Deontay Johnson out there. Will they do it? It's a different question, but can they do it? The options are there. All right. Jeff Berg, uh, I was wondering if you thought a swap of Rodney Williams for Gunner on the active game day roster and have him function as a quasi slot receiver in limited snaps, of course, and also play on special teams to make being active even more appealing. Jeff, I think kind of a byproduct of this uh, Pat Fryermuth thing. Uh, I think Rodney Williams obviously stays on the 53 man roster. Uh, what's going to happen? Uh, Gunner's <laughs> got to be gone, doesn't he? Jerry Dulac said he thinks it's a running back for McFarland, which we know is Iguabuke, but he thinks a safety is going to get cut, which has to be Elijah Riley, right? It's not Killebrew, and it's not going to be anybody else. So we'll see. Uh, I, that's but, all I can say even is we'll so, see. Even so, will Gunner be up? Let, let's say Gunner survives. Is Gunner even going to be active, you know? Well, now that Frymuth's hurt, that's that. I don't know what you I'll, – I'll, I'll lean on your active and active uh, predictions once the injury report comes out because I don't know, but – I mean, Williams, yeah, he's kind of that hybrid guy when he came out of college, but he's not worked in that capacity. And Olszewski offensively was kind of uses that gadgety motion type of dude that Williams can't do. So Robinson will play at the slot and Austin can play in the slot with Deontay back. So 
I don't see that being a fit for Williams. Yeah, I think the winner here might be uh, Connor Hayward using him a little bit more in the passing game, trying to move him around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see on Gunner. I mean, Dulac thinks he's safe. Again, we'll find out by 4 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, let's see if I got uh, a few more here. Maybe looks like we've got through most of them. Oh, Andrew writes in. Uh, I don't know when the listen to articles started on the website, but two thumbs up. You should say it's an option on the podcast unless you did, and I missed it. Andy, I have not uh, mentioned that. Uh, something we've been playing with there. Uh, if you go to... Uh, look, this is more of a, what we view as an added value. We think for uh, uh, readers, we have a lot of people that listen to the terrible pod. I wouldn't say a lot, but we have a select uh, group of people that listen to the podcast, but don't necessarily have time to visit uh, SteelersDepot.com and all and, and read all the great articles. We understand life gets in the way within that. Uh if you'd like now, and I'm going to be setting up its own page for this and also having it its own kind of podcast, if you will. I think we're already starting to drop these kind of AI read uh, articles into YouTube. Anyway, kind of be on the lookout for that. If you're a person that likes listening to the podcast, doesn't have time to read things on Steeders Depot, this is another option. Or perhaps maybe you'd like to go to Steeders Depot and you'd like the articles read to you. There's now a player at the top of every post that will do that for you. Once again, we're this is kind of in the early stages, development stages. We just put this into effect, I think, about a week ago there. Hope you guys are enjoying it uh, overall. And if you are an ad-free subscriber uh, to the site, you will get those uh, audio versions ad. You should get them ad free as well, too. We're starting trying to work out a few bugs uh, with that as well. But uh, I guess first and foremost, Andy, thank you for uh, noticing mm-hmm. and 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 we hope you are in, in, in enjoying that new feature to the site there. Yeah, uh, good. Good to hear that. Thank you for the feedback. And just by the way here, TJ Watt returning to practice Friday. So it should be good to go for Sunday's game. So that's one piece of obvious good news. Absolutely. All right, Alex, anything else to add? We will be back on Monday recapping uh, this game and everything else around the uh, NFL. Uh, obviously, as Friday progresses here, we'll have the injury reports out there and a lot of great. We got the uh, the scouting reports for both the offense and defense uh, ahead of this game up already up on the site. So make sure you seek those out on SteedersDepot.com. And anything else to add, Alex? Nope. Be back Monday and we'll cover the game, win, lose or draw. All right. Hopefully we're talking about a win. Uh, Alex and I would love to be wrong this week. Uh, As always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.